Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 12.50 a.m. The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, along with my guy, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Of course, download Green and Growing uh, on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. And, of course, streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. You can catch uh, most of these on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. Uh, we record these on Monday and Thursday nights, uh, downloaded uh, late Monday night up Tuesday and Friday mornings. Uh, for you to download, listen to, tell your friends, tell your family, tell any Bucks fan that you know. You see a Bucks guy walking down the street, and you're walking by me. You say, hey, a Bucks t-shirt on. Hey, you listen to Green and Growing? Check it out. It's pretty cool. Download it on your favorite uh, favorite app, right? Marjan's laughing at me. I'm, I'm serious, man. I, you know, when you go to a restaurant, it says tip. I put download Green and Growing. That's my tip. Instead of leaving money, I give them the tip of listening to the best podcast in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's how you, that's how you grow a listenership there, Nathan Marjan. That's how you do it, buddy. Uh, okay, so... Uh, interesting quote by Bobby Marks on ESPN uh, earlier today. And we'll read that uh, coming up in a little bit, but it got into, uh, you know, Drew Holiday and the importance of keeping Drew Holiday going forward uh, for Giannis and whether or not Giannis uh, wants Drew Holiday or not and uh, keeping Giannis happy. So uh, going off of that, uh, let's talk about keeping Giannis happy. Uh, let's start at the beginning, right? So they, they draft Giannis um, and, and let's go from the time they draft Giannis to present day. The question is this, Nathan Marzian, which mistakes do you wish never happened while Giannis has been a member of the Milwaukee Bucks? Things that you wish never would have happened. And it can be, I wish they would have got rid of Jason Kidd a couple of years earlier. I wish they never would have drafted Jabari Parker. I wish whatever the case may be, you can take away things, uh, uh, you know, eliminate trades, uh, make coaches get fired uh, earlier, make coaching hires, whatever. Which mistakes do you wish never would have happened while Giannis has been on the Bucs? And this organization is not perfect, I'm here to tell you, even though some of you think it is. It's not. They make mistakes like everybody else in the NBA and all pro sports leagues make mistakes. I would love to know what John Horst's answer to this question would be because he was there when John Hammond drafted him. Um, so I wonder what he would say. He may not say it on the record, but maybe if uh, you're out having a, something to eat with John Horst, be like, what's the one thing since you've been in Milwaukee that you wish you know never would have happened, your biggest regret or mistake? Nathan Marzian, what is it for you? Maybe you got a couple. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I have two that kind of stand out. And 
Now, I I didn't like the I, I'm not going to say Jabari because that wasn't a bad pick at the time. Nobody expected right. him to get hurt, and yep. you didn't know that he was not going to be a good defender. Like that that stuff. He was he was the pick at the time. Now I will say, I wanted at the time 14 year old me wanted Joel Embiid because uh, I didn't yeah. like Jabari Parker. I didn't like Jabari I Parker. I wasn't 14, but I also him and Hod on our broadcast about Joel Embiid and how is Jabari and Giannis going to play together when they per- virtually play the same position. And I question whether or not it would work. So you liked it for a different reason that I liked Embiid for, but again, the injuries uh, and so forth and everything else probably played into it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved Wiggins in that draft. And then when we got number two, I kind of realized, okay, we're not going to get Wiggins. And I just didn't like Jabari. I didn't like Duke at the time, but then Duke beat the Badgers in the championship. Nobody so likes now, I, Duke. now I do like them. I do like Duke now. I like Duke now. Nobody likes Duke. I'm not like a Duke fan, but like I will root for Duke because they beat the Badgers in the championship for me. Like I owe them that. So anyways, um, I wanted Wiggins very, very badly. Knew we weren't going to get Wiggins. And then my next guy would would have been Embiid. Played on the same team as Wiggins. I liked him. Um, But again, I'm not going to blame them for that. I don't think that was some horrible pick. He's not – I wouldn't even consider Jabari like a huge bust. It's just – he. Idris. I mean, that's that's mainly what it was when he was healthy. I know he was never going to be some great player because of the defensive issues, but he did have a season averaging twenty with us, so like it wasn't awful. Um, Nathan, two- one second, one, one second here. Hold on. Let's just. I want to expand on Jabari Parker. It's the off season, so we can go wherever we want. Yeah, I want to expand on this. If Jabari Parker doesn't get hurt, I think you can argue Giannis never becomes Giannis because. If Jabari Parker never gets hurt, the plan was he was going to be the number one scoring option on that team. That It was going to be his team. And then Giannis was going to be that secondary guy as Giannis got better to be that guy. When Jabari got hurt, that forced Giannis and the Bucks to rely on Giannis even more kind of going forward. And then when they had point guard injuries, that forced Kidd to go to Giannis to let him handle the ball even more. I mean, injuries really played a huge role into how Giannis developed as a player and how they looked at him as a player. If Jabari stays healthy, I don't know how everything changes. If he's healthy, he doesn't lose his explosion. He's that scoring machine. Yes, he doesn't play defense, whatever. But he still would have been their number one scorer, I think, had he not got hurt that first year. Yeah, I think I think it definitely would have changed things a little bit. I don't think it would have prevented Giannis from becoming Giannis. As long as Giannis was in the gym working and doing all that and getting stronger, he would have become what he did. But I don't know if we would have realized it as soon as we did. I don't know if we would have, it would have taken a couple more years for him to reach that MVP level, you know, yep. player. But um, I, you know, I do agree because it was, people forget that at the time, I mean, it was Jabari was the number one and Giannis was the number two. Like that was the plan. This wasn't supposed to be Giannis's team from the get go. It was, you know, we had kind of in our sights a year in advance. Okay. We're going to get either Wiggins or Jabari. Um, and you were kind of like, oh, it's nice that this Greek kid is, a serviceable player and maybe he can be a nice piece, but like, it's going to be Jabari or Wiggins, team. Um, and then, you know, even Middleton was improving, but still was going to be like the third guy. He wasn't supposed to be any type of star player. Right. And all of a sudden it just became, okay, Giannis is way better than we expected. Chris Middleton's way better than we expected. And then Jabari, you know, gets hurt. So it becomes those guys, team. And luckily they were good enough to make the whole thing work out, but let's get to the two biggest regrets I have for the, for the Giannis era bucks. Number one, we'll start in chronological order. Number one is 2017 draft. I wish we would have taken OG on Anobi over DJ Wilson, because I think <laughs> that DJ Wilson pick was trash when he made it. I yes. called it trash when he made it. It was yes. a horrible, horrible pick. 
you could see God, like, and again, I was very young at the time. I, I, I had done my research. I had looked up players. I've always been into the draft and I, I get so into it. And I, like, I always that, you know, June, I'm always looking at the players the Bucks could take and who I like, who I don't like. He was on my don't like list. And I remember being very upset and just saying, you know, and, and again, I, I wasn't super knowledgeable about the game yet. I didn't know a ton about him, but I just remember being like, this is a, it's a guy that is he has the tools but he's not actually good at basketball like he's long and he's a little bit athletic and he in theory can do things but he can't actually do things and I was like I just don't like that it's another you know we had gone on this with kid we had that stretch of time where it was length and athleticism but nobody could shoot and nobody that was could, a John nobody Hammond would. that was a John Hammond bucks that's what, John Hammond to this day in Orlando that's what he drafts in Orlando yeah. right long guys and, that can't shoot but can jump and so it was like another one of those picks where I'm just like, it's another guy that fits that mold, but he's just, I don't think he's very good at the sport. And, you know, later on, and I didn't, I, I, I had known a little bit about OG and I did like OG, but now I love him even more. And now I just look at him as we talked about, I think we had this question that we talked about on the podcast earlier in the off season about if you could add any non-star player to the books, who would it be? Mine would be OG on Anobi. The guy is one of the best defenders in the league long athletic and can shoot 38% from three, 39% from three. Right. Like he just is the perfect role player to me um, for pretty much any team, but even, you know, especially a team that needs a wing defender now and can always use three point shooting around Giannis. Like he can do those things. And so if I could go back and get him, I would absolutely love to do that. And that's also one of those things where, you know, because sometimes you go back and you're like, well, like, again, with the Jabari thing, you could say, oh, I want them to take Embiid. That changes a ton down the line. Like, that could change everything. You don't know how much that would affect. Whereas with this, it's like, it's a small enough change that I'm like, I don't think this really affects anything else. It would just make us better. Like, it would just be a a, a role player that actually becomes really good instead of a role player that's a dud. So that's when I definitely would change without a hesitation because I don't think that it, like, would end up coming back to bite us somewhere else. Um, and then... The second one that I – this is something I wish did happen was that they re-sign P.J. Tucker after the uh, championship because he was someone that that following year and the following couple of years, we've just – we've sorely needed that presence, that, that guy to fill the P.J. Tucker role and definitely didn't have it in 2022, losing to Boston in seven. And I'm not saying he would have completely been the difference, but – they didn't have anyone to put on, you know, Tatum and Brown, and especially, you know, Chris goes down. They just didn't have a guy there to step up and and defensively really limit those guys. And Tatum obviously went off in Game Six, it went right. down three two to force a yep. Game Seven, and you know they lose in Game Seven. They get blown out. I just think if we had one more defender there for him, I think we win that Game Six. I think we move on, and then you'd have to hope Chris comes back at and you know, at some point in that, in that postseason, which we're not sure he would have, but still, I just, I think that would have been a different series if we had that PJ Tucker player there. And you can say the same thing about the heat series. Obviously Bud would have to use him correctly and, and put him on Jimmy Butler and everything and do all that. But if, you know, again, Jay Crowder was not that guy. We wanted him to be that guy. And if he was that guy, it could have changed things, putting him on Jimmy, um, but he wasn't, and he didn't get much playing time as a result. It was all Drew on Jimmy. We know Jimmy was just too big for him. If you had P.J. Tucker, like that might have been a different story. Um, I don't think Jimmy goes crazy down the stretch of Game 4 and Game 5 
if if PJ Tucker's on him instead of Drew Holiday. I just don't think he is. And again, Drew Holiday is a better defender, but PJ is just a little bit bigger. PJ is a little bit stronger. He can handle that a little bit better than Drew can in that specific matchup. So we've just seen these wings go off against us twice in a row in the playoffs. And I keep coming back to like, we just, we lost PJ. We let PJ Tucker go. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's rumors about, well, he wanted to leave and there's rumors about they lowballed him and all that. I believe that PJ wanted to stay here. I believe that they did lowball him a little bit and it kind of rubbed him the wrong way. Um, so that's something that's always bothered me. And I just, I think it could have changed things for us. You know, we could be in a little bit different position right now. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I think the other thing, um, we talk about P.J. Tucker, and you talk about on-the-floor stuff. I, I wonder how important he was for that locker room, you know, going into that next season. I felt like P.J. Tucker was kind of a big influence on that locker room with his whole, oh, we're dogs and all this other stuff that he was doing. I felt like that was a big thing, uh, and he kind of helped them with that mentality uh, on their way to the championship run, especially through that net series when him and Durant were just going at each other. No, he didn't score a ton of points or nothing, but you could just tell that that – him and Durant had their little thing going and it was good. It was very good because he was being physical. He was running his mouth. He was doing all that stuff, trying to get in Durant's head uh, and then not to bring him back. Uh, I just wonder how that affected everything. And I remember doing the big show uh, and Gary and Leroy were like, ah, it's not as big of a deal as you think. You know, they've won a championship. They've been to the mountaintop. They don't need that type of guy anymore. They know how to do it. Giannis knows how to do it. He doesn't need to be shown anymore. They've been there. Middleton's been there. Holiday's been there. They don't need that guy. I don't know. I mean, looking back, maybe they still didn't need to keep that guy kind of going forward to keep that same type of momentum and attitude kind of moving forward uh, with that with that team. I, I think I look back at this and I, I wonder whether or not um, they should have, instead of firing Bud, whether or not they should have insisted that Bud hire an offensive coach, essentially, of saying, look, Bud, 
We don't want to lose you. We're good with you. But we want to bring in essentially like an offensive coordinator. So we want to bring in Terry Stotts, let's say. All right. Or Joe Prunty or whoever you want to bring in. We're going to use two guys that are on Adrian Griffin staff that were out there. So let's say we want to bring Terry Stotts in. He's a former head coach. We're going to give you another set of eyes from a head coaching perspective. Uh, and we kind of want to switch up the offense a little bit uh, with the new vision with Terry Stotts. And we're going to bring him in here and help run this offense. I think I would have liked to try that. I don't think that was given to Bud. I think they just decided, now we're done. It's over. We're moving on. Um, and as Eric Namus said, you know, I think that was kind of written the stars at that point. And it may have happened the year they went to the championship. If they lost the Nets, they may have moved on uh, at that point. Had they not gotten through that series uh, and ended up winning a championship. So I think they were definitely ready to move on from Bud. I don't like, and I've said this before, I don't like going to a guy that's never been a head coach like this. This thing here concerns me. The only thing that makes me feel better about it is having Stotts and Prunty. Uh, two gray hairs, I guess you would say, even though I don't know if Sats even has gray hair right now. I don't think he does. Um, on that staff, uh, to be able to help him. I have a feeling this is going to be one of these regrets, having Adrian Griffin as head coach. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's not what, what where this leads, uh, but that concerns me. Uh, the other thing, when we talk about this organization and how this whole thing kind of played out with Giannis, it just, if you could go back, I think I would have made a bigger move quicker they waited to make that drew holiday move to they did maybe they should have been trying to get that bigger move made a year or two earlier uh, to take advantage of Giannis's growth and that guy is there to help Giannis grow and they get over the hump maybe a little bit quicker i felt like they waited maybe a year or two longer than maybe they needed to uh, and maybe could have got somebody a little bit younger uh than what they ended up with drew holiday because by the time you got drew uh, well, while that was a fine trade, I've got no issues. It helped you win a championship, and he's great in the community and all this stuff. There's nothing to get you holiday. But now, again, you are stuck in a position that we've been talking about of a bunch of old dudes with Giannis right now with Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez. And uh, if they would have been aggressive and made a, a move for somebody else that was younger, uh, that maybe could have fit into this longer with Giannis to play with him, I think that might have been a better overall long-term move, knowing what we know now, which is now we have a two-year window, and then who knows what happens. Yeah, I, me personally, like I really don't have many big gripes with how they did, you know, with either the coaching changes or the roster moves much before the title, you know. And again, the only one I have really after is like not signing PJ, um, because again, this offseason I think they did about as good a job as they could. They. They didn't have much to do, kind of re-sign Chris and Brooke, keep those guys around. Um, and before that, like, again, with the, as far as the coaching, I think you had kid until they, like, it, it. I remember right when I reached the point of, like, they need to get rid of kid, they got rid of kid. Middle of the season, I was like, okay, they did it pretty quickly after I, I remember feeling like I wanted him to be gone. So I can't complain too much about that. And I do think kid was... You know, he wasn't a good coach, but I think he was a, a decent coach for Giannis's development as far as how what his strengths right now. Like he made him, yes, he maybe hurt his three point shot, he maybe hurt his outside shot, and some of that stuff. But I don't think Giannis would be as dominant down low and and Agreed. the exact the exact exact player he is today without Kid kind of taking that stuff away and saying go to your strengths and do this. So um, I don't have a problem with Kid being there for a little bit and helping Giannis with that. And then, you know, they got Bud, which I thought was a very good move at the time. And I thought they got rid of Bud around this, again, the same time that I was like, okay, we got to get rid of Bud, which was as soon as we lost the Heat series, I was ready to get rid of him. They got rid of him. So I can't, I don't have complaints about that. I know some people 
would say, oh, if we had gotten rid of Bud in 2019, we'd have three championships right now. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think, again, because he Bud was so good at, you know, creating a baseline floor for this team and creating a like a championship quality team. It just was a matter of doing those things in the playoffs to, you know, those those making the those coaching. little adjustments and doing yeah, the actual the coaching in the playoffs. Yes. Right. So again, he did it in 2021. Like we saw him do it in the playoffs. So I don't blame them for keeping him around. It people say that they won in spite of Bud. That is not true to me. Um, he played a role in in making adjustments and doing a good coaching job to win them that title. So I don't blame them at all for sticking with him and you know believing in him the next year. Then the next year you lose Chris, so you have that excuse of like, okay, well, it was a pretty tough position to be in where all of a sudden you're facing a Celtics team that damn near won the finals that year and you took them to seven with Chris being hurt. Like that's not something to be ashamed of. So I can understand that keeping him even another year. And then last year was the time when I was like, okay, this – this playoffs is when we are going to see, because um, it's a team you should beat, you know, with or without Giannis for a couple of games, like they should have beaten that Miami team. And um, just, again, seeing the actual coaching mistakes being made and not making the adjustments and just doing a lot of, making a lot of poor decisions, I was ready to move on. And they did. So the coaching I've always been okay with and don't have any big gripes with that. Um, I'm not one of those people that thinks, Oh, if they got rid of Bud sooner, they'd have three titles. I I just don't think that. And then, again, with the roster moves, nothing that like I am super against prior to that title. I don't. Well, I didn't like the I didn't like the Connaughton contract. I didn't like the Grayson Allen contract. Um, I, I've been very I, I voiced those uh, quite a bit. I don't like the Nassus on the roster. We know he's there because of Giannis. I get it. Uh, but the, the Connaughton and the the Grayson Allen thing, like I just there's just no way. But I get it, right? Connaughton is like that glue guy, it feels like, for that locker room. He's one of those guys that they all love and plays hard all year long. And always an e- a great energy guy for them. He's a better version of Thanasis, I guess. And, you know, then when the playoffs come, he remembers how to shoot three, which uh, was pointed out by Nathan Marzi on last offseason and our last, last year during the playoffs. And sure enough, playoffs start, lights go on. But yeah, they, I mean, I think they've done a good job of keeping around their good players. And the only guy that you can really say they didn't was Malcolm Brogdon. And at the time, you know, there was mixed mixed reviews on like, do they do they re-sign Brogdon? Should they trade him? Should they get rid of him? Not for and twenty million. That's the thing. I, I, like, they didn't keep Brogdon, and they didn't keep Jabari, who was fine at the time. But again, he was also going to require twenty million. I was fine losing those guys with that for that amount of money. They actually got picks for Brogdon, and Brogdon didn't want to be here anyways. So I'm like, right. I've never had a big problem with that. But once they got their core of Giannis, Chris, Brooke. They did it. They've done a really good job of keeping those guys around. And that's the most important thing is like, and then I I would argue Pat too. Once you kind of realized, okay, Pat's a good playoff performer, keep him around. They did a good job. They've done a good job of that, keeping those guys happy. And then, you know, again, I, I think they made the, you said they maybe could have made that Drew Holiday type move a couple years sooner. I, I don't know if I agree because, you know, you think 2017, 18, Giannis wasn't an MVP yet. He was still 25-ish points a game, like close to that. Like he was but getting you there. you knew. You knew. It was coming, yes. But there was reason to believe like, okay, with a little bit help from Giannis um, or with a little bit of improvement from Giannis to become that superstar, like this can be a championship level team with Chris, with they had Brogdon at the time, um, with Brooke and getting a new coach. They, they were bringing in a new coach. So I don't mind that they didn't do it that offseason. They then win the most games in the league that year, have the best record in the NBA, 
And so clearly, like, it it didn't seem like they needed it at the time. And they come very close to the finals and, lo- and lose to the Raptors. But they were, again, so close. I don't think that at that time people were like, we really need to make a, a change here. We really need to shake up this core and get a new player in here. It was like, man, we had a great season. We were like, Giannis took that step and we were two wins away from the finals. Like, awesome. Like, that's great. Very next year, they come back with pretty much the same core, change a little bit of the outside guys. They win. The, they have the most wins again. They dominate right. the league. And then they go to the bubble and the whole bubble thing happens. And it's like, all of a sudden it was two years in a row that it just kind of fell apart at the la- like at the very end. But you knew this team was so good that I don't blame them for not doing something right away. And again, the bubble was when I was like, okay, this is when you need to make a move. This is when it's been two years in a row now of disappointing in the playoffs, two years of seeing blood so suck in the playoffs, more than two years. But um, you kind of knew, like, they need to do something about this blood so situation. And then they did. So I, for me, there's been a lot of stuff that I think they've done well and they've done at the time that I really thought it was finally needed. Um, cause I, I think there's plenty of things again with the coaching stuff and with the Drew Holiday trade, like I, I can't blame them for not seeing that stuff ahead of time or not doing it beforehand because it's like, there were reasons to believe it was going to be okay without doing it. It was reasonable to think that this team was still going to be perfectly fine without it. Um, and then, you know, you kind of watch it unfold. And as soon as it kind of real, as soon as they needed to do something, they did. So I, I think they've done a good job of that. I'll tell you something else. Brooke Lopez owes a lot to Mike Budenholzer because Mike Budenholzer really helped kind of put him on the map. I mean, he was good before he got here, but he he completely changed the way the uh, the league, I think, looked at Brooke Lopez. All right, topic number two, would you prefer continuing playing it out for the next five or so years with the same core? That essentially is meaning, you know, these guys pretty much have two years left on their deals. Essentially playing all these guys out another three years past that um, and trying to work this thing out. Or are you wanting to see this thing kind of blown up here uh, in the next two years and kind of start over around Giannis with a bunch of different guys. I was talking to a friend of mine, Shannon, uh, who I work with at the radio station. Um, and he was kind of questioning Middleton and, and really what he's going to be kind of for the next couple of years, uh, more so than Drew. And it, it's interesting because I think if if you asked me, you know, who do you want to keep with Giannis kind of going forward, um, I think Drew Holiday would be the guy I'd want to keep with Giannis more so than Middleton, more so uh, than Brooke Lopez. Not because I think Drew Holiday is better than Chris Middleton, but because I don't trust Chris Middleton from staying healthy for the next five years. And I think that would be the reason why if I'm going to pick one of these other three guys in the core with Giannis, you know, Brooke Lopez, uh, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, if I'm going to extend somebody another three years or whatever the case may be, I think Drew Holiday would be that guy I would extend. Uh, and be like, okay, Giannis, this is one of your core guys, and then we're going to try and figure out what to do to replace Middleton and Brooke Lopez uh, kind of going forward. Uh, and Brooke is just too old. Like, no offense, but you're too old. I, I got to move on. Uh, and Middleton, I just worry about injuries. Like, he can't stay healthy, and, and that is a a problem, and I don't know if I'm willing to commit, you know, five years, the next five years, to Chris Middleton and hoping he stays healthy at this point, Nathan. Now, you're you're assuming obviously that like Drew's not going to retire and he has no plans to retire because I know he's talked about that. But no, I don't. If he's playing with Giannis, why the hell would you retire? That doesn't make any damn sense. As long as you have Giannis, you got a chance to to win a ring. I mean, that's how I would yeah. look at it. If I was Drew Holiday. Okay, I just want to. I mean, I'm just again because I know that's part of what people think about as well. He talked about potentially retiring in two years, so you might have like. But we're obviously going to assume he's not doing that. So 
look, I mean, if, if it's if it's um, play for the Bucks or go play for the Pistons, yeah, he'll probably retire, right? But if it's I have a chance to win a ring with the Lakers and LeBron, or a chance to win a ring with Giannis and the Bucks, or with the Celtics with Tatum, I just think if there's an opportunity for Drew Holiday to continue to play at a high level and win championships, I think Drew Holiday is playing. But if his options come down to teams that aren't championship level teams, then maybe he does retire and walk away. But as long as he has a chance to win a ring, I find it hard to believe he would walk away. Yeah. But for me, it is undoubtedly Chris Middleton that I want to keep around, that I want to, if I had to pick one of these three that I'm in, you know, for the next five years, I want one of these guys. It's Chris Middleton. I, it's not even, I, I, it's not even close to me. It's not even close. I think, and I am just such a firm believer that he's going to be 95%, 90% of his, you know, prime self this season, next season. And I just think he's been so good in the playoffs, whereas Drew just has fallen apart offensively in the playoffs. And I, I love Drew's defense. I love Drew's defense. I, I know that's such an important thing to us, but just what Chris gives us offensively in the playoffs, um, him being here with Giannis since 2013, I just that's the guy I want to, you know, ride or die with until the end with this thing. Like if they're going to go down with two of these guys and they're not, you know, if, if, if this thing is going to crash and burn at some point and they are not willing to get rid of the, like all three and they're like, we need to keep one. I'm on, I'm a hundred percent going down with, with Chris as my number two and just, you know, riding that till the end because um, I, I mean, again, preferably, I think we both agree at some point here, they make a move to get, a, a, you know, whether it be a, a a Chris Middleton trade or a Drew trade or a Brooke trade, they make a move to to change things up at some point because you don't want to just go down with this core because that means you're going down in probably two or three years. Like that's right. that's how much time they have left. That's so I'm not saying, saying I, I'm we not saying I want that. that. You so we both agree that they're going to have to blow this up to a degree. Yes, you know, I, and again, I don't I don't know if I want to say blow it up, but they're the core is going to have to shift a little bit, you know. And but again, I think it's realistic they could keep one to two of these guys. And again, if they can keep one, I'd want it to be Chris. I would look to trade Brooke slash Drew next off season plus picks to, to get that third guy. Cause again, I think, I think Chris and part of it is, I think that even at an, at a, an older age and with some injury history, I don't think that that's going to affect Chris a ton on the offensive end. I know it's going to affect his defense a little bit. We saw it last season where he just wasn't the same defensive player, but right. I think even 75% Chris Middleton is going to be a 17, 18 point per game scorer and can hit your, can hit threes and can get to his spots and knock down shots. And like, that's a very valuable thing to have. And so I, that's just something that I'm like, even if he's not his usual self, even if he is a little bit, a a step back, he's still going to be good. Like I, the way he plays the game isn't, you know, he's never been a super athletic, super explosive type of player that you're like, man, if, you know, if he doesn't have his explosiveness, he's going to be not even close to the same player. It's like, he's never been that to begin with. Like he can be a little bit slower. He can be a little bit more methodical and just get to his spots. Cause that's what he's always done. So I just don't doubt that he can still put up 18 to 20 points a game, no matter, you know, in for the next four years, no matter how he's, you know, how healthy he is, as long as he's out there playing, I think he can put up 18 to 20 points a game and, that's just something I want to keep around. That's something that, you know, if you want to try to find a guy to make that your number three, so Chris doesn't have to be your number two, like fine. That's I'm fully on board with that, but I just, I want to keep that guy around. And for me, I don't disagree that he's a better player than Drew Holiday, 
my concern is I don't think he can stay healthy for five years. And that, that's where my thing is. I, I, I don't want to every year be looking back and going, well, if Chris would have been healthy, they would have been in the finals. Well, if Chris would have been healthy, they would have been in the finals. I, I don't, I don't want to have that conversation every year. That, that's, that's, but, that's the only reason I took Drew over Middleton. Yeah. But can, I mean, I know it's been two years now of him being hurt, but as like of Sachiari. right now, as of right now, a ton of reason to believe besides just, oh, he, he, he got hurt last season or two seasons ago. Is there really much reason to believe he's going to not stay healthy? Like he's, I think he's, he's finally healthy now. Like he's healthy. There's no setbacks. There's no lingering stuff as of right now. And really it was just one major injury that was kind of lingering for a while with him. And he's finally passed it now. Well, he had a so, knee and then he had a wrist injury. So for, but I mean, I, the wrist, I don't think, was as big of a deal as the knee, but the Agreed. knee kind of lingered. The knee lingered, yeah. and the knee, you know, I, I, I just don't have a reason to think that he's gonna keep getting hurt or not be healthy or have this stuff lingering. Like to me, okay, we're back to square one. He like he's healthy again, and I, I just think he's gonna be healthy. I yeah. think he's gonna be good. I think he might again. He might not be a hundred percent of what he was before because he's two years older now. Like it's it's gonna be affected a little bit. I just I. Unless there's stuff that, you know, when guys get like, um, I don't know, uh, there's like certain injuries that you get sometimes that you're really worried about re-injury. You're really worried about it nagging and really worried about it constantly affecting this guy. I just don't think these are, that's this type of thing. I think it was last season because he was still recovering from it and it was still like you knew he wasn't 100% right away. Um, that was reported on all off season was like, okay, right. he's going to have to miss some time. But now it's like, okay, I think he is over it. Like, I think we are ready to go again. I think I'm confident he can be healthy. I am. All right, last question. What would be your best case scenario for helping Giannis in the future? I'll start. Nathan Marzian, I'm going to say something that as a fan, if it happened on my team, I'd be pissed. Real pissed. But realistically, the best case scenario for Giannis would be to have a star player beg out and say, I want to go play in Milwaukee. That that's that's best case scenario. Now the first one that comes to mind is Edwards in Minnesota. Like that would be the guy that you could look at and go, okay, you know, is it possible that he just says, enough, I'm sick of losing in Minnesota. We know he's a Giannis fan. He talks about it all the time. Uh, and he says, I want to go to Milwaukee. So that's how this is going to be. We were watching everybody else in the NBA dictate where their future is and who they want to play with. I think that's what has to happen. He he needs, they, the Bucks need a young star to kind of, I don't know, beg out of wherever they're at and, and demand that, that he gets moved to Milwaukee. That's best care, best case scenario. Because without that, I don't think you're going to get a young stud player with what you have to give up uh, in order to get this done. I just don't, unless you're talking about some young Pistons guy, because they got a bunch of young dudes. And you're going to try and rely on that or some young dude in Orlando uh, that you can convince them that they can take even more picks and take even longer to build that thing. Um, and, and then maybe you can get one of those guys. But as far as like a proven young star type player, superstar type player, the only way it's going to happen, I think, is if one of those guys essentially tells their organization, I'm done here. I want to play Milwaukee with Giannis. Um, and that's how this is going to be. Unless that happens, I don't think they get that guy that Giannis probably wants. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's best case scenario. I think for sure is just that something like that happens and you get lucky and you know a young star like that wants to play here. But I think as far as best, somewhat realistic or somewhat predictable case scenario is, because um, I I don't I think we do need to if we're if we're trying to be realistic, I think you need to accept that we're not going to get a young stud to go alongside Giannis. That's not. It's going to be we continuously just are trading our good players for other proven good players. And it's not going to be like we get this, you know, we're not going to have a super high draft pick. We're not going to get a super young, talented player because teams aren't going to trade. You're not going to be able to trade your older guys for, for a young guy Correct. like that. Yep. Now, so so I think we kind of just have to let that go. Like it's not going to happen. You're not going to build someone up to be the next number two next to Giannis. You don't have time to do that, and you don't have the assets to acquire that player. You just you can't do it. It's very hard unless again, unless randomly someone's just like like Anthony Edwards is like I want to play in Milwaukee. Okay, great, but I can't predict that to happen. So the best case scenario I think that's realistic is as we talked about next off season, you trade, you know, the expiring contract of Brooke. And you have three first round picks to trade. You have a potentially expiring contract in Drew to trade. Um, if I don't want to trade Chris, but depending on how Chris looks, you can trade Chris. There's the avenue to make a move and to go trade your good players for a really good player, you know, by packaging three picks and going to get another, you know, proven star player. We don't know who that's going to be. We don't know who's going to be available at that time. We don't know that. Nobody ever knows a year in advance with the NBA who's going to want out, what's going to happen. It's The drama just happens on its own. So I just think best case scenario is you make the move then because that's kind of the window. Um, I don't think there's much of a window outside of that. I think, and I, like, I don't know. I just think that's the best time to try to make the, um, and that's the only time you're going to be able to trade the 2024 pick too is during the draft. And so you can trade 2024, 2029, with that. You know, again, you have some expiring contracts there. You have these guys still with some you value left. Would I you trade? Would you trade those picks to move up into the lottery to make a pick? No, because I don't want to. I don't. I'm. If it was a top three pick, yes. But I'm not. I'm not trading for a twelfth pick and just like, well, this guy has a one in six chance of being really, really good. I'll take no. Like I want to keep. That's 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 how you lose Giannis is you trade proven good players for the mystery box and the mystery box ends up not turning out to be anything right. and then boom Giannis is gone. Like and again when you have Giannis you just have to remain you got to be good every year. You just have to be good good good. Like there's no well we're going to take this year off and and re, like really build up some young talent. No, like that's it's you put the best team around them that you can. You take you know, again, they don't have the avenue right now to do much and to trade Chris or Brooke or Drew. There's really no trade out there right now this offseason, and they had to just keep these guys around. Probably fine with that. Like, it, see how it looks with a new coach, see how this year goes. But next offseason with those three picks, with the expiring contracts, I think it's the perfect time to make a move and to, you know, get the second iteration of Giannis's, you know, prime here really going with a new new player in here but again i don't expect it to be someone super young i think they're going to trade for you know a, a, again a more proven guy but it doesn't matter if they're young as long as they can get three to four really good years out of them like that's worth it boom like you've got next three to four years figured out that's all right. you need you don't you don't need to have someone that 
well, they're 22 and they can last us for 10 years. It's like, no, it, it just gets someone that's good, that's proven, and keep this thing going again. It's it That's what you have to do. I would love to know what Giannis wants because I'm sure there's going to be conversations of, all right, big man, what do you want? Like, what, what, what are you looking for to get done here to keep you in Milwaukee? Uh, and that really is the biggest thing. And we were mentioning uh, earlier on uh, in the, the uh, podcast about Bobby Mark's comments uh, that he made about this. And he said this on ESPN. Uh, I don't think Giannis uh, is going to sign in, uh, is going to sign an extension. It doesn't make sense financially. I would be concerned based on what happens with Drew Holiday. I think that's going to be the X factor. What I'm going to keep an eye on because Holiday's extension eligible starting, I think, February 22nd, potentially could be a free agent next year. What does Milwaukee do with him? If they lose him, they're going to be in deep trouble. I, uh, I Obviously, you're going to have to know if Drew Holiday plans on playing or not. I mean, if, if there is retirement thoughts in his brain, uh, that, that has to be a conversation. Uh, and if you're the Bucks, there has to be a conversation with Giannis too. Because am I extending Drew Holiday if I don't know if Giannis is going to be here past two years? I mean, I don't know if I'm doing that or not. Because if Giannis isn't going to be here, then you have to have a complete teardown and start over. I, I don't want to be hampered with old dude contracts on this roster uh, if Giannis isn't going to be here. So if, if I'm going to extend Drew Holiday, two things have to occur. One, Giannis has to pretty much tell me, you extend Drew, I'll stay. Fine. Deal. Then you have to go to Drew and be like, are you good? Is your head going to be in this long enough? Kind of throwing out there, but retirement, not playing, yada, yada, yada. We're not doing Aaron Rodgers here. So you're playing or you're not, and let's make this decision now. And if you do want to play, Giannis wants to stay. If you stay, then we'll sign you. That, see, that, that there's a lot of conversations that to occur. And I, I don't know if they have occurred yet or not or what the case is, but a lot of those conversations have to occur before I'm willing to give Drew Holiday an extension. Yeah, and I mean, I think Giannis knows, like, it's not going to be Giannis is waiting to see what happens with Drew Holiday to figure out what he, it's like, no, Giannis is kind of what comes first in this whole thing is like, you got to figure out what Giannis is doing first, and then you determine, okay, because um, again, like you said, you're not going to extend Drew Holiday first, not knowing what Giannis is doing, like, you, you wouldn't, you don't do that, you would say, we need to make sure this is what Giannis wants first, and this would keep Giannis around, okay, then we'll do it, so I don't, I don't agree with this Bobby Marks quote where he, you know, he basically he's going to keep on an eye on Holiday because he's extension eligible. And what if he doesn't? What if, what if what if he doesn't sign his extension? Like, I don't. I think Giannis understands, and he said the same thing about um, even with like Chris. He's like, I know it's a business. I know that at some point, you know, we might have to make moves. We might have to trade guys. We might have to guys might leave. It, it's going to happen. Like, this isn't something where I don't think this is a case where Giannis is like. Oh my God! If 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 we don't keep Drew Holiday around, I'm gone. Because you're you're assuming that if they trade Drew Holiday, they're getting something pretty significant in return. They're getting something that's like, hey, Giannis, look, we got a four years younger player that can help us for the future. Like you're you're not just getting rid of Drew Holiday for nothing. If you were, then yes, I could see it being like, wow, that that's gonna make Giannis leave. But no, that's not what's gonna happen. I just I don't understand why Drew Holiday not signing his extension would make Giannis want to leave I don't understand that if you start talking about moving older players I mean, one team comes to mind that makes all the sense in the world like Oklahoma City has a bunch of young players has a bunch of draft picks would love Brooke Lopez I am sure of it uh, before this whole thing is said and done if they were able to get Brooke Lopez to add to what they already have with those young guys for a couple of years uh, he makes a lot of sense Drew Holiday veteran type player probably makes sense for them as well 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the Bucks end up doing. Uh, back at it again coming up on Thursday night for the next edition of Green and Growing. Follow Nathan Marzian at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. And, of course, download it on your Odyssey app. And if you don't have the Odyssey app, well, shame on you. But you can also download it wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>